Genesis 41. We've been going through Genesis for quite some time now, looking at Joseph. And every time I pray, we see him as a picture of Christ. As you go through these scriptures and you, and you look throughout, if you don't see Christ in it, you've missed the point. You've missed. Some of these old commentators, they're, I'm thankful for them, and they wanted to be diligent and thorough, and they want to hit every verse. And sometimes they miss the mark. I guess they felt like they had to say something. Um, but if we miss Him, and we only see through a glass dimly, we only see through just a touch. But if all we're getting is morality lessons, you're just going to make a good neighbor, and you'll die and perish in your sins. You'll meet a holy and just God that will by no means clear the guilty. And His Son is the standard by which you'll be judged. You'll either be in Him or against Him. One of the two. That's what this Joseph, the story of him, and he just interpreted Pharaoh's dream of the seven fat years and seven lean years. Famine's coming. But the Lord's gracious. <laughs> He's going to give you seven years of plenty before that. We've had a plenteous couple of years here, haven't we? Maybe we got six years left. I don't know. I don't know what the Lord might be pleased to do. But while we have Him, everybody, everybody's, I'll tell you what too, everybody's concerned about where the gospel is. Everybody try to find, and I've I got brethren out there and I want to know them. But we know where it is. We ought to be where it is. I, I hope it's in other places, but I, I know a handful of places it is. And if I'm traveling, that's where I'm going, buddy. I'm going to go where there's corn. We see pictures of Christ all throughout this story of Joseph. Everything bad mentioned of him. All the way from his birth. Joseph was born to a barren woman. She couldn't have children. The Lord Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Virgins can't have children, can they? Not, that, not in that state. He was the firstborn. He was the firstborn. Christ is the only begotten of the Father. And, and, and Joseph's daddy, oh, he loved that boy. He was the favorite. That was his favorite son. The father speaks of Christ. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Nothing else. Joseph's daddy made him a robe that distinguished him from his brethren. He had a robe of many colors. He stood out, didn't he? The Lord Jesus Christ has a robe. That's His life that He lived. And that distinguishes Him from every one of His brethren. Doesn't it? What He came and did and lived for for His people. He's honored. Joseph was prophesying. He had a dream and he said, all my brethren going to bow to me. And they got mad. Didn't they? I'm going to be in the place of the king. They didn't like that. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Scriptures say, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that He's Lord. Lord. We're going to bow to Him. Joseph was sent to his brethren, to his brothers. His father said, go down and check on them. You're going to tend to them. Go tend to your brothers. See if they need anything. What did they do? Threw him in a pit and sold him. Didn't they? Our Lord became bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh. He walked this earth as a man, the God-man. 
And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Whenever they was getting rid of Joseph, they sold him for 20 pieces of silver. Here's some numerology for you. They sold Christ for 30. Why? That's more. <laughs> he was the revealer of dreams. He went to Potiphar and that baker and that servant. He interpreted their dreams for him. He said, no man can interpret dreams but God. Tell me what your dream was. What a picture. Christ is the prophet. He's the prophet. He's the one that reveals truth. We see things a certain way, don't we? Well, I think. That's what the root word of heresy is, opinion. What do you think about that? It don't matter what you think. What's God say about it? What's He say about it? I didn't care about us talking about that yesterday. As people have a lot of opinions. And I said, you know what? I could shut this up real quick. Look here. That's what God says. Settled. It's done. The heathen rage. Christ is the prophet. This, this knowledge of Him, this understanding of who He is, to have God revealed to us and in us, that's His doing. He's the prophet. Pharaoh, He took Joseph and He made Him ruler over all. Christ is Lord of all. King of all the earth, of all of creation, of all of everything. And if anyone was ever going to get anything during this famine, if anybody's going to have anything, you're going to have to come to Joseph. You need corn? You starving to death? You got enough sense to know you're starving to death? Are you too far gone? If you're hungry, you have to come to Him. Christ has power over all flesh. To what? We've been looking at this on Wednesday nights. huh? To give eternal life to as many as the Father's given Him. You're going to have life, you're going to have to come to Him. You have mercy, you're going to have to come to Him. You have grace, you're going to have to come to Him. No, nobody else, no thing else. Him. And come to Him. They're not going to FedEx or Amazon corn to whatever country you live in. <laughs> you have to forsake those things and come to where He is. Come to Him. He has power over all flesh. I was reading the Psalms this week and it says He knows the birds. We always read that the cattle on a thousand hills are His. Keep reading. He knows the birds of the mountain. And I always talk about them hummingbirds coming around my house. There's a bunch of them right now. I saw one hovering there yesterday and I thought, the Lord knows that one. He's maybe got a name. I don't know. He knows it. That's His. Power over all things. Everything. And as we keep going on here in the next week or two, we're going to see that all of Joseph's brethren, those that's born of the same father, they're going to be delivered. They're going to have life. They're going to be restored solely because of Joseph. Not because of anybody else. Not because of their good decision making. Not because of good advice heeding. Not in their agreement that Joseph did have corn. They're going to eat the corn solely because of Joseph. He's going to teach them some lessons in that too. Christ said, because I live, you shall live. Because I'm alive. That's the only reason you're going to have life. Where is He at now? On His throne in glory. Ruling and reigning doing anything that pleases Him. Where's Joseph at? He was on the throne, wasn't he? And Pharaoh said, do whatever you want. You're the man. You're discreet. You're the wise one. Ain't nobody like you. Spirit of God's with you. He had the Spirit of God as a man without measure. I get goosebumps thinking of that. There's no words in the English language to describe what that means. We'll know someday. 
I, I, I was saying, too, if I could articulate it, it'd be like we looked at the first hour. We just clap and shout. <laughs> he, has, he has everything. He has the spirit of, yes, ha, that's good. Ain't, ain't that a little bit better to less morality? <laughs> and then, well, stock up, have a year's supply, rice and beans on hand. <laughs> Do that if you want. A fellow called me one time and said, Times are getting rough. You think I ought to put beans and rice up? I said, Put beans and rice up if you want to. Or don't. Bow to God. That's what y'all be doing. Know who sent it. All judgment and power is given to Joseph. What a what a servant. What a servant the man Joseph was. Now, he was a sinner saved like grace like every one of us are. Any child of God is. It ain't no different. Just because it wasn't wrote down what horrible things he thought or said or did or whatever. And I'm thankful for that. That's what the Lord sees in us. He sees Christ in us, perfection in us. But that was a, he was a, a good worker. Why did he work so hard? He was working unto the Lord. Why didn't he complain when they threw him in that pit? Lord did it. God's on his throne. Why didn't he complain when his brother sold him? Why didn't he complain when unjust accused wrongly Potiphar threw him into prison? It's the Lord's prison. Talk about making prisoners mad or uh, uh, wardens mad. <laughs> and one fellow over in England, he said, I'm writing from the Lord's palace in Anon or something. I can't remember where it was, but from that prison. I'm in the Lord's prison. Eleazar was a servant like that, wouldn't he? Abraham's servant, Eleazar. You'd turn your, you'd turn your shop over to a fellow like that. He gave him everything. Here's all my riches. Here's all the camels. And all, this, all this stuff. Now you go and go find a bride for my son. What a servant. That's just men. Admirable men. Working as unto the Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ came as the servant. Humbled Himself. Even to the death of the cross for us. What a thought. What a thought. Well, there's two pictures here in our text. Now, kind of, they're going to bleed together. I ho- I'd like to have real clear, concise points. And this is point number one, and this is point number two, and I can get you to memorize them, but it just kind of flows. It's like talking to believers, you know. Like, did you see that home run hit at that softball game? I like cigars. I mean, me too. You know what? The Lord's awful good to us. And hey, look at all these things He's made. And it just flows right back. Can you believe He saved us and done all this for us? Gave us all these things. And 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 Christ is our King, and boy, that's wonderful, isn't it? Did you see that new Toyota that come out? <laughs> it just kind of bleeds, and just as much as that's homogenized the enemy, that old man and new man is whenever you're talking to the brethren. In it, here's my two points: we see a picture of our natural condition in this famine. It's not hard times are coming. Put a bunch of stuff in your basement. You just have a bunch of tuna fish in your basement. I don't know. They ain't gonna do you no good. This is our condition, our, na- our nature, our instinct is what the world calls it. That's what we are. It's sin and famine and death. And it's a picture that we have one hope. Only one hope. Get to Joseph. Get to Egypt. That's where corn is. Look here in verse 56. Genesis 41, verse 56. Joseph said there's going to be seven years of fat and seven years of lean. And the famine finally came. I wonder how many people fought him that first year. Well, it couldn't be. But I don't want it to be a famine. Like I told you. There's fat cows eating, or skinny cows eating fat cows right now. I told you. Try to tell them. But it said this famine came. That 
That seventh year was complete. Verse 56, And the famine was over all the face of the earth. It was over the whole earth. Well, not where over there in that other place. Uh-uh. Over the whole earth. Well, they might have some corn in Morocco. Uh-uh. The famine there it run out. Only in Egypt. Only in those storehouses Joseph had. There's famine over the whole earth. Right now, there's some places that have famine. But physically, especially in this nation, uh, turn on a TV, read a book, or travel a little bit. We got it made. I mean, made. Our brother's preaching down there in Malawi on what we would spend at one fast food restaurant. Plenteous physically in this nation. Plenteous. Medical and, and everything else. We got it good. Uh, what we pay in taxes is what other people wish they made. We got it great. And that's just physically. Physically we got it good. Maybe not for long, but for now we do. But spiritually. Spiritually. In this nation, and in every other nation, and in the bulk of the world, there's a famine. People is dying by the droves, meeting a holy God, thinking they're full. Do we just tell them it's okay and shuttle them on to hell? I want to warn them and tell them. Turn over to Amos 8. I've quoted this a few times, but let's let's look at what the Lord says about it. Amos 8. you got Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Get to Obadiah, turn left one book. Amos chapter 8. Here in verse 11. It says in Amos 8, verse 11, Behold, the days come. That's more than one day, isn't it? The days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. Now we had this famine of bread and, and Joseph in this picture to teach us what the Lord's doing here. Give us a physical example so we can learn. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. It's, one, it's awkward for me, but bear with me. <laughs> despite me, in spite of myself, despite of this broken clay vessel that's standing before you, and I know what I am, we are blessed in this place. We are blessed in this place. The things that we study on Wednesday nights and twice on Sundays, we sit down and we look at this Word, the Word of the Lord. Not what I think and not what you think. And let's sit around and have a powwow and not, not a good structure to raise your children. Look at what God said. Here's His Word, precept on precept, verse by verse. We're going to be expositional if you need a big word, what it means. We're going to look at this text and we're going to go down. Here's what it says. Here's what it means. We compare Scripture with Scripture. That's a feast. That's a feast. I remember some ladies, churches and other places, they'd have you over and they said, we ain't going to cook much. we just have a little bit of food. And hit, I mean, it's a 50-course meal. <laughs> they won't stop feeding you. Them sweet little grandmas, got to, they tell me I'm too skinny. I don't think they see good, but they feed you to death. That's just physical. Where the Lord's people are gathered and He sends somebody to preach to them, it's a feast. We don't like the Word. Some places they don't even open a Bible. I watched a fella in a, in a ball cap and a t-shirt 
probably had flip flops on, uh, just holding a book up like this and had a bar stool next to him. And that was had a PowerPoint slide going behind him. Didn't say a word that God said. We have the word. I saw an article on the internet that said eleven reasons why Christians aren't reading their Bibles. I didn't even click on. I was scared to death know what it was. I got the Bible. I quit reading that and go read his word. Afraid to know what they say. We have a feast here and we're blessed. Look at verse twelve. I've lost it. Hold on. I'm gonna say verse twelve. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north even to east, and shall run to and fro, seek to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. I know people that they they get a taste of the gospel, buddy, and it's all consuming. You know a lot of people that used to live here. <laughs> they found it. <laughs> they wouldn't bounce around all the countries they could find. Uh, they found where the gospel was, and buddy, they packed up and moved. And, and I was talking one other day. The children didn't come with them, and they said, "Y'all to come, but we're leaving. I'm going. There's corn over there. We're leaving." They moved a long way to where the gospel was. I think of that Ethiopian unit. 2,400 miles or something. He went to go for a week of worship. Go to one conference. And then I know people that live literally 12 minutes away from a gospel church and won't go. It, they can't. It's not that they can't, they won't. 99% of people won't. 0.01% can't. And I feel sorry for those my heart hurt for them. It's not the other way around. Starving to death. Starving, and they think they're fine. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... There's lots of churches everywhere, people say. right? Why would you drive all the way down there? There's a church there. There's a church there. There's a church there. Why would somebody fly me? We'll have Obi Williams come down and preach for us next weekend, Lord willing. And that's expensive. It's going to cost a lot of money. And, I, and then the hotel canceled on me that's real cheap, and I had to get the expensive hotel, and I'm scared to get give carrying the receipts. And I thought, what's the gospel worth to you? It may be in a famine. That means, why would I have somebody come from all the way over there? Why not just have some Joe blow down the street? They don't have the words. They don't have the word of the Lord. Lots of churches everywhere, but we have we have the Lord's cornbread and milk. That may not be a common meal out here, but it's good. <laughs> cornbread and milk. And I thought of Kimberly's cornbread. She makes it like coarse grain. Oh, buddy, that'll fill you up. It's good. I don't get it often, but when I do, I like it. Those other places, they don't go verse by verse. They don't compare spiritual things with spiritual things. Why? They don't have a hunger for Christ. They don't talk about corn in Egypt. They ain't hungry. They're hungry for other things. They're thirsty for other things. There's one thing needful. I want my children raised right. I don't want to be in poverty on food stamps, and I want to get along with my neighbors. And I, There's a lot of things I want in this life. I like air conditioning. It's been real hot. It's real nice. One thing's needful. What? Christ the bread. That's Mary and Martha. The Lord loved both of them. That's Martha's hope. Not that she did a bunch or she didn't do a bunch. The only hope Martha had, or Mary had, or Lazarus had, is because the Lord loved them. How can I say that? It says so. It said He loved them. I don't need to hear nothing else. You can give me every theological argument you have that they were saved because of something, I don't care. It says he loved them. That's it. But Martha was working herself to death. And there's things that need to get done. Trash needs to get took out. The light bill's got to get paid. Things have to happen. But Mary chose that one thing needful. She chose the good part. And it ain't going to be took away from her. 
Christ is the one thing needful. He's it. He's the corn. Get that. We're hungry because we need Him, and then we go and we eat it. This ain't rocket science. But God has to reveal it. God has to reveal that great need. Not like, well, it's handy. If I ain't got nothing else going on that week, I guess I'll go to church. I guess I'll go hear about the Lord Jesus Christ who sits on His throne and rules and reigns and saves sinners and won't lose one. No, there's a need. I have to hear it. And, and I can't sit and hear nothing else. Talk about the sanctifying themselves. I've heard uh, poor people, I feel sorry for this, so I'm going to go listen to something bad to make sure I can tell it's bad. Would you go try heroin to see if heroin's bad? That's the dumbest logic I've ever heard in my life. Stop it. That's ridiculous. Leave it alone. You have the good part. Stick to that. <laughs> if i got good cornbread, I ain't diving in a dumpster to go find something to eat. That's, that's ridiculous. Stop it. That need has to be given by God. That hunger for Him, the one thing needful. That thirst for that water of life. He has to give it. It's a great need. Dead man don't have needs. Show me a dead man can do anything other than be a paperweight or rot. He has to give that life and that need. It's a great need, and it's a great need of a great God. Like we looked at last time, He's terrible. He's to be feared and He's to be revered. Oh, He's awe-inspiring. Drop your mouth open and gaze in amazement. Jesus the Nazarene. How He could save a sinner like me. And that great sacrifice it took to save him. That was a lot of work for seven years, wasn't it? Joseph went city to city. He said, y'all go put that up. Put that up. Put it in storehouse. Somebody had to carry it. <laughs> work had to be done, wasn't it? Well, we want to have a big party. You ain't having a big party. You're putting it up. A fifth of everything. Put it in them storehouses. He just physically had to work. The Lord Jesus Christ had an infinite and eternal sacrifice for many. The sands of the sea. I can't enter into that. He said it, it's so. So I, I tell anybody. Whosoever. Come to Egypt. There's corn. You'll live. You won't die. Come to Joseph. Come to Christ our King. On His throne. Bow to Him. And I thought, you know, for one pound wouldn't do it. You don't know what a pound is? That's what you it's a batch of cornbread. Joseph ain't gonna feed all Egypt with one pound, is it? That wouldn't do. What a mighty sacrifice. What was the sacrifice to save his people? His blood. The blood of the Almighty God. Who who could not die but laid his life down for us. What a thought. So we could have plenty. So we could have righteousness and, and pardon and restitution with the Holy God we offended and be, whole, be made holy. The, the ability to sin in your, you who are the Lord's children right now is completely gone. You have a holy nature in you. It ain't going to get more holy. You'll grow in grace and understanding and wisdom and those things. But you're as equipped for heaven right now as you as, as could be. He's done that. Back in our text there, that great need. This, this famine that we're in, it, it, this is life and death. I say that. It's not just it will hurt somebody's feelings. I, I study out of one book. <laughs> I don't read a lot of books. I just read one. I put all my eggs in one basket. And uh, This is eternal life and death. Eternal life and death. Look here at verse 42, or chapter 42. Genesis 42. 
verse 2. Jacob is speaking with uh, his other sons, and he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither, and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. Life and death. To, to go down to get this corn from Egypt, from Joseph. You're either going to have it and live or not have it and die. I wish I could make that plain. That's pretty plain though. This is eternal life and death. If you go without bread long enough, you're going to die. If you go without Christ the living bread, you're going to die. And, and those that are believers, my soul hurts for them. The soul of a believer experiences leanness. You're going to lose some weight without that bread. If he hides his face or we neglect him or whatever, we go, wow, you're going to get skinny on the inside. You get hungry. Go through leanness. Go through famine. And we know he that hath the Son hath life. If you got the corn, you're going to live. That's what it said. He that hath not the Son hath not life. If you don't have Christ the bread, you're going to die. Come to Him. He's that manna from heaven. That's what we looked at when the, when the manna is going to come down. We'll get there in Exodus, but we looked before. Uh, he's the manna. That's whatness. Just a little tiny ball of bread. Itty bitty thing come down. God the Father fed us with something that's uncomely. We, we didn't esteem Him. We go crucified. We won't have this man reign over us and that king conquered us, didn't he? He put famine in us. He made us hungry. made us needful. And then showed us He's the one thing needful and He drew us in. I want to do everything in my power to tell folks there's corn in Egypt. Joseph has corn. Come to Him. Christ is the bread of life. He is life. Come to Him. Don't analyze Him. Don't sit down. Let's, let's take an account and he, he couldn't count the corn, but I probably can. Let's weigh it. And all the technical attributes. So come and eat. That's all but instinctive. Can you close your eyes and put something in your mouth? <laughs> eat. Live, dry bones. Live. And go eat. Feast. He's the bread of life. Come to Him. And then the self-righteous will sit around and say, Wow, i got to get a little better before I come to the Lord. I'm too bad. No, you think too less of the Lord. You don't, you're, not, you're not humble and you're not thinking you're too low. You're thinking He's too low. He ain't going to run out of bread. It's innumerable. Come. Come and eat. No matter how hungry. You know, the hungrier you are, the more you're going to eat. And that the man who was forgiven the most was the most thankful? <laughs> so, I thought of this too. A lot of I know more about it than I ought to, but uh, intermittent fasting and autophagy and all these things. But if you go without food long enough, and you know you're having a good fast, if you're just dieting, you know you're doing good when you quit being hungry. That's when you know it's kicked in, isn't it? Like oh, that's good. I'm finally over my hunger pains. I'm not having cravings for food anymore physically in this body. Why? Because your body starts consuming itself. You start feeding on self. And you quit being hungry. And then actually, if you keep going in starvation, you end up having phases of euphoria and stuff and mental clearness and all these things, physically, in the body. Because you're eating yourself. And then what happens? Then you get to where you can't eat and you die. That's what happens in this body. That's a picture, isn't it? 
When Christ is no longer the sweet-smelling savor, when we loathe that white bread, that manna, and we stop eating Him, and stop consuming Him, stop being fed by Him, and go look in all the other countries to find, try to find something else to tickle our interest, you get hungry and leanness, and then your body, you start just consuming you. I, nobody else is saved but me. No, but everybody's got that wrong but me. I know what's right. I'll teach everybody. I'll instruct everybody. And guess what? You'll get to where you can't eat nothing and you'll die. You'll die. When He's not the sweet-smelling savor, when He's not the bread of life, death's on its doorstep. It's on its doorstep. Look here in chapter 41, verse 55 again. And the famine, that's our condition before a holy God. But in ourselves, without Christ, we're in a famine. And it's over all the face of the earth. It's everybody. There's none good. No. Not one. We're all in famine. And Joseph opened all the storehouses. All blessings. Are you blessed with all blessings in heavenly places in Christ? What was it, what, have, physically, have I lacked anything? Lord's let me do a lot of things on this earth and travel a lot of places and see a lot of things. And we go to a zoo and there's just all the animals are awake. And I thought, thank you, Lord. Look at that. All these things are like nocturnal. They're up moving around. Lord, let us see these hummingbirds. I see them all the time. We just want to go to Hawaii and our, our friend hadn't ever seen. He's lived there thirty years. Ain't never seen an eruption. And I said, well, if you go with us, you're probably going to see it. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> Lord might let me see that. He's been good to us. He's opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians and the famine waxed sore in the land. Everywhere else there's famine. Boy, we're eating good now. We're eating good now. Do what He says, isn't it? Look here in verse 55. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried unto Pharaoh for bread. We're starving. We're dying. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. Didn't Mary say that? She said, well, we're not running out of wine. He said, my hour's not yet come. Why are you bothering me? She said, they need wine. He said, I'll make wine to them. And she told those servants, she said, do whatever he says. He's the doer of it. Do what he says. What Pharaoh says, do what he says. Do what he says. They cried to him. I thought, man, it's... somebody's on the front row of a pew and they're crying. Give me bread or I'm going to die. Get, get, I need mercy or I'm going to die. I'm in a famine. Give me grace or I'll die. I, die. I haven't earned anything. I'm nothing. I'm dying. i got good news for you. Instead of crying from the back pew, please get this over with. Hurry up. i got stuff to do. Football games coming on or something. I've cried that. I've sat in the back. <laughs> so I wish that fella quit talking. And then the Lord made me cry again. Gave me hunger, didn't he? You can't find food. What's that spiritually? Uh, the things that we have, the meals. Wisdom. You can't find wisdom. You can't find righteousness. You can't find sanctification. You can't find redemption. You can't find it anywhere but in Christ. It's His storehouses. He owns it all. And don't tarry. Don't wait till you get older. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till you get back home. Right now, come to Him. Look here at chapter 42, verse 1. When Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, he knew it. 
Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? Why, why are you going to another man? Why, why you can well so and so said this, well so and so said that. Here's what God says. This is where the corn is. Well, I, I was reading a bunch of old dead fellas, and well, they're dead. This is a living word. Read this. Why are you looking one to another? This ain't a group effort. He said, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do you look one upon another? And he said, Behold, I have heard with the hearing of the ear, hadn't he? That there is corn in Egypt. Get you down thither right now and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. Do it right now. Don't look to nobody else. Don't look to a baptism. Don't look to profession of faith and a little card you had when you were 16 years old in that false religion. Look to Him and get there now. Go. You can live. I have good news for those that starve Him. There's corn in Egypt. Joseph's on His throne. It. Our Lord Jesus Christ is on His throne. We won't be one. I've, 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 I've been young and I'm getting a couple gray hairs now. I wouldn't say I'm quite old. Everybody's older than me. Y'all always going to be older than me. So just, someday I'll be the old one. But I've been young and I've been middle-aged. And I've never seen the, the Lord's people begging bread. I've seen some poor folks. But I ain't never seen them say, I, I want to see Christ and Him not be revealed. An earnest. An earnest hunger. An earnest thirst. earnest desire. It's never happened. Your your old soul, are you weary and troubled? Come to him. Come to him. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon multiplied to me <laughs> at Calvary. But our Lord said, "Come unto me, all ye that labor." There, you. Reckon, I thought too. I'm trying my best to grow corn in the desert. Uh, some fellas come by and said, you know how many people in San Diego County is growing corn? I said, no. They said, just you. <laughs> it's on, it ain't hardly knee high yet. I was late getting in the ground. I'm, I'm fighting and troubling to put corn in this desert and grow tomatoes and everything else. I wonder that, that eighth year, after seven years of just bumper crops, do you think they went out and dug holes and started watering and tried their best to get corn to grow? They're laboring, wasn't they? Labor. The Lord had that was pleased to let that happen for a while, and He ended that chapter. He said, "That's over." And, and, and our instincts to keep laboring, to keep doing, to keep doing. You clean up outside the cut, wipe the sepulchre, or something. He said, "Come unto me, all you that labor." That's a heavy burden to do that, and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Come eat some corn. Got good bread here. I wrote this down. I'm going. I don't say go. I say, come, I'm going. <laughs> Let's go. I want to go to that city of refuge. For those who aren't hungry yet, the Lord still has a people in this world that He hasn't called yet. I know because this earth's still spinning. We're still here. He has work in our hands to do. He's going to save every one of His. He won't lose one. But I have hope for them. Look at chapter 42, verse 7. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but he made himself strange unto them. They didn't know him. They didn't know that that was Joseph. They didn't know that that was their firstborn, the, the, their, their brother, the favorite of the father. They didn't, they didn't know these things. They didn't know nothing about him. But he knew them. That's our hope. That's our hope. He'll reveal himself to him. If he, if he has a child, he's going to reveal himself to him. But he knows them. He, we have, we'll forget our sucking child. 
but he said, I know my thoughts towards you. I ain't going to forget you. That's our hope. I'm, my brain may be gone. I may end up not knowing my own name. But our hope's his. He knows them. They didn't know him, but he knew them. That's good news, isn't it? If you're weary and tired and hungry and thirsty, there are plenty of corn. Come on. It ain't going to run out. It's going to be good. And you know what's going to happen next week? We keep looking. It gets better than that. Can you believe that? <laughs> it's going to get better next Sunday. Praise the Lord. All right, let's praise it.